Hello and welcome to Nolan Me, Nolan You, a podcast that celebrates the work of writer-director Christopher Nolan. I'm your host, Emily Murray, and today I'm joined by film TV journalist Kalechi Ahanolo to discuss the recently released full-up trailer for his next movie, Oppenheimer. Hello, hello, it's another episode of Nolan Me, Nolan You, which is really hard to say sometimes without singing, especially since me and Kalechi, who's my guest today, we've just been talking about the Whitney Houston biopic, haven't we, Kalechi? Yes, we have. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of sing-song. So if you are new to the podcast, I'm Emily Murray, a film journalist, but most importantly, a Christopher Nolan fanatic, I think, shall we say. And this is my podcast dedicated to Christopher Nolan, because why not? Why not have a podcast? dedicated to Christopher Nolan. So I'm bringing back the podcast, sort of building up to Oppenheimer. I'm sort of doing a podcast every time there's a new trailer or like new detail. You can listen to the previous one, which looked at a teaser trailer with the wonderful film TV journalist, Nicola Austin. But on today's episode, I'm joined by another powerhouse of a journalist, Kalechi Ahedalu. How are you today? I am good. Thank you very much for having me on your podcast. I'm excited. This is this is my first time being on your podcast and I'm a Nolan fan as well. <laughs> I know. I did text Kalechi. I was like, yo, how, how do you feel about Christopher Nolan? And then I had to clarify that our friendship would be over <laughs> if she said... Emily sets a high bar, folks. <laughs> what, can I, what can I say? I have, I have a... All yeah. I'm saying is, I don't know how my partner Tom has survived considering he would give The Dark Knight Rises four stars. Like, that is divorce material, honestly. But... <laughs> <laughs> I, so there's a little bit of forgiveness. Yeah. Anyways, can you introduce yourself? Who are you? Yeah, who are you, Kletchy? Well, who am I? I mean, it feels like a Christopher Nolan moment, isn't it? Like, you know, <laughs> I can start with film. Um, so, yeah, folks, my name is Kalechi Ahenulo. I'm a freelance film critic um, with bylines for Empire Magazine, Zavi, um, uh, Movie Marker, uh, Digital Spy, and pretty much everywhere, anywhere. Basically, like, everything, everywhere, all at once, but in the film critic <laughs> world. <laughs> and, um, you know, by, that's, that's one of my jobs. And in, in my other job is I'm a production manager working for... A a brilliant fantastic production company called renaissance studios which is located in brixton and we've been doing some amazing things and we've literally um been premiering our new new dating show for channel for channel four or channel 4.0 i should say um online called the dating pool so if you've ever been in a uber pool journey how would you feel about meeting the one? Basically, that is the concept of it. It is hilarious. It's bants. You can watch it on Channel 4.0, which is on YouTube. And yeah, there's more exciting things to come along in the future. So here, there, and everywhere. You are everything everywhere. I am, I am, lit- I am literally, you know, Michelle, you're... <laughs> <laughs> But not as not as not as great as Michelle. Yeah, but yes, I'm, I'm everywhere. Oh no, I, you're on a par. With Michelle, <laughs> I have to say. So we are here to talk about Chris Nolan, my favourite topic. Do you remember the first Chris Nolan film that you saw? Oh, it would have to be Memento. And his the, first feature. His first, his very first feature. I remember seeing that. I think it was on DVD, and I remember seeing that with my brother, um, and we were just like. Okay, it's going back and forth. We've got Guy Pierce. There's this really 
um extensive mysteries like okay does he like who's gonna what's what's gonna happen at the end and you know like all good Christopher Nolan movies that has that really cool twist and you're like oh my god it's it was him all along and then he did well it was he 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 knew who it was but he just kept on forgetting and then he just goes through the same pattern again and again just to find some semblance for himself because it makes him human it's just like I, I think I had my mind blown from that moment and I've just been a fan ever since. And I think during those years, I went to actually watch his very, very first film, which is Following, which obviously yes, had yes. which obviously had hallmarks to Inception, which is one of my favorite Christopher Nolan films. Um, but I've been a fan ever since Memento. And for me, my I'm sure you're going to ask me, what is my favorite Christopher Nolan film? It is it is The Prestige. Uh, you uh, yeah. and Tom, you yes. and Tom, he loves the prestige. I love the prestige. I love the magic. I love the, you know, all the hooks, the twists and the turns. And I feel like ever since that film, that is pretty much Christopher Nolan in a nutshell. And he's been trying to do these, this, well, not the same trick, but the the elevation of the trick every single time. With, and because of the bigger budgets, the bigger scope and the bigger stories. Yeah. And that has been the seminal part of his his career and just creating magic on the screen. World of Prestige, an excellent choice. I mean, anything you say, because he just makes banger after banger would have been <laughs> an excellent choice. But talking about following, do you know what? I had a tweet uh, a couple of weeks ago from the star, Jeremy Fearwald, who discovered our podcast. Oh, like wow. This podcast. Isn't that really That's cool? That's amazing. Hey, hey. liked it. Yeah. So um, we, we love to see it. And yeah, Prestige. I interviewed Christian Bell recently. Yes. Uh, for his new film. And like, he, I uh... love how you rubbed that in as well in our text message. Like, oh, I spoke to Christian <laughs> <laughs> I, I was saying, like, I bet there was a Dark Knight question coming in there somewhere. Well, I didn't want to like, well, he was paired with Harry Mellon, who is better known as Dudley Dursley from the Harry Potter series. So I don't want to be like, yo, Christian, trying that cool. And I asked about my question. So I didn't actually ask about anything about Nolan. Uh, I just asked about his new film. But I did wear a Batman jumper, which he did spot and he did enjoy. And he also liked my Christmas tree, which was very cute. Yeah. So a wholesome adventure. But yes, we are talking about oppenheimer today and it's interesting what you were saying about the prestige and how he's got bigger and bigger because this feels like i don't know it feels like he's going back to sort of small affair i say that there's also that recent report where he created a nuclear explosion without cgr <laughs> so that completely upends your report like it is he's, he's definitely gone big. I, I i it's quite interesting for me because this obviously back ends from tenant and I thought at yeah. the, uh, after Tenant that was going to be him kind of like, okay, I've done the big epic skeptic, um, spectacle and I'm going to try and do something a little bit more smaller and much more maybe refined, maybe go back to those kind of indie roots and that, you know, that he basically grew his success from. So watching the Oppenheimer trailer, I'm enamored by the scale of it and the yeah. scale of it is probably from because of the intensity of what we're basically going to be sitting in the middle of a nuclear atomic explosion <laughs> and watching that in an IMAX screen like and that is that is insane. So maybe the 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 drama in itself is scaled down um but in terms of the epicness of what he's trying to bring which very much looks like um, interstellar, but ground, but on Earth <laughs> with some of the visuals, um, we, I feel like we're gonna see something, maybe an amalgamation of the two. Maybe, maybe. I'm really interested because I have to admit I don't know much about J. Robert Oppenheimer, who is 
the central character of this film, he is the father of Detroit mom. I know, I can't confess that I'm a scientist or science fan. I don't know anything about Oppenheimer. So I'm excited to, you know, learn more. Do you, have you, do you know much about him? Have you read the book Mrs. Bason, American Prometheus? Like, what do you know about Oppenheimer, Kalechi? I mean, as someone who's a fan of history, um, I do know a bit about Oppenheimer. Um, but I think that's more through other elements in history because of, like, obviously he was the father of the atomic bomb and obviously what that led to in terms of ending the war, the Second World War. Um, yeah. And, you know, but in terms of his personal life and, like, where, how, you know, he got to that stage, what the dynamics and the circumstances of creating the, the, the atomic bomb, absolutely nothing. So it's going to be very interesting to see how um, Nolan brings that element to, to life for those who don't have that that, that background knowledge mm-hmm. and, the, and that story. Um, and I, I guess it, in a sense, because the trailer in itself deals with dilemmas, which is classic Christopher Nolan. How, is yeah. one, which is, how does one man... Um, who's basically created this powerful thing, wrestle with the actual aftermath or consequences, knowing that that bomb went on to um, destroy um, Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Um, yes. And basically ended the Second World War. So I feel like we're going to get that complex duality between something that is, cr- that, you know, this spectacle, magnificent, um, and a wonder of science. Um, that in itself is part of our history and the future at that time, um, but also the consequences of that, knowing that it's done so much harm. Yeah, and it has been something that Christopher Nolan has been interested about for like decades. Like this has been a project that's a long time coming. So as we said at the start, we're going to dive into the full length trailer, which is finally online. But before we actually look at the trailer itself, I sort of want to talk a bit about how it was released because. You know, we have, it's in, like, I don't know, Nolan releases his trailers in interesting ways. And this one, well, okay, so I just presumed that the trailer that was released in IMAX in front of Avatar The Way of Water would be the trailer that's online, but it's not. There's two different versions. Do you know this? I found out literally the day before we did this podcast. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it was like, what? There's another trailer? So I just normally assumed that it was the same trailer, but then everyone yeah. was talking about... Um, oh no, the IMAX scene actually has additional characters that they focus on, um, additional scenes where it's in black and white, um, and also mm. just a, a conversation that plays over between Killian Murphy and Matt Damon throughout the whole film. So unfortunately, I've not seen that trailer, so I'm only going off the online version of it. But, you know, classic Nolan, he's doing everything to make sure IMAX is still in business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, me and Kalechi actually went to the IMAX. Actually, we didn't see Avatar in IMAX, did we? The press, the press screen, we went to the press screen of Avatar. And I'm not going to lie, guys, I haven't seen the Oppenheimer IMAX footage yet because I can't give James Cameron my money <laughs> to see Avatar The Way of Water again. <laughs> I just can't give that man any more of my any more of my money. I think I might have to. I just for Christopher Nolan. I might yeah. have to give in. Even though I hate James Cameron, I might have to give in. <laughs> I don't want to talk too much about the IMAX trailer because I haven't seen it because I don't like watching online recordings or leaks. It's just it's not really for me. But I have read about it, so you are right that it's got Matt Damon. I think Emily Blunt pops in there. Yeah. Tom Conti plays Albert Einstein, which is really funny because I know him from Friends, where he <laughs> plays 
I think it's but like Emily's oh, dad. Also, like, Emily's dad. Yeah, yeah. He's married to. Oh my god, what's yeah. her name? Um, it was Jennifer Saunders. Com- Jennifer, Jennifer Saunders. Saunders. Yeah, and he's on about family. like he's on about getting his like bathroom done or something. Yeah. So he'd have had his plain eyes size amusing. So we aren't going to talk about the IMAX trailer. Uh, I will go see it, I promise. I might just have to, like, buy a ticket for Avatar and then not actually see Avatar. <laughs> because I can't put myself through it again. Have you, have, you, have, you, have you got, like, one of those, like, cinema subscriptions so at least you know that you've paid for a ticket for the entire year and then you can get away with just, like... Well, unfortunately, the OG and Manchester, which I am... Like, I've got a limitless card to, used to have the IMAX, but now it's at the view. Yeah, so I'm going to I, I'm gonna have to pay for it. And that's the thing, I don't want to give James Cameron... I don't want to be... I don't want Avatar to succeed. I don't want to give James Cameron any of my money. It's too late. The Avatar 3, 4, 5 is ready in the pipework. It's, it's, it's going to be... I know. It's ready there. We're going to be at the... I have, to let, I have to let the seed bearer happen, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> so. We're going to be there in the next one when it's released. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, yeah. So we aren't going to talk about the IMAX trailer. We are going to talk about the online trailer. So I think that's quite nice, actually, that there's still an exclusive thing that you can go see in the IMAX. Um, also, if you do go see Avatar IMAX, you'll see that Barbie. So it's a win-win, it's a to win-win. be honest. I'm going to be so happy that day, July 21st, when Oppenheimer and Barbie comes out. It's like my two minds and yeah. two sides of my brain <laughs> melting together. And I think I'm going to wear like a suit to Oppenheimer and then change into a pink dress. <laughs> in the cinema experience. <laughs> I, I would pay to see that. <laughs> no, you'll be there because you'll be I'm at the press screening with me. Yeah. <laughs> Touch wood. Yeah. Touch wood. We, so we're going to talk about the official trailer, which is online. So you can see the trailer that we're talking about. We aren't going to spoil anything about the IMAX. Um, if people listen have seen the IMAX trailer, I would love to know what you think without spoilers because me and Kalechi yet to see it. Um, so the trailer opens with fire. I think I texted you now. I was like, all I've got written in my notes is just the word fire. I mean, I think I accidentally wrote fire several times in my texts. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a one-track mind. <laughs> Similar to the teaser trailer, there's loads of shots of, well, yeah, bright orange fire yeah. throughout, which I really like. And I don't know if it's because I'm a pyromaniac. <laughs> uh, <laughs> find out new things through Christopher Nolan films every yeah. single day. Yeah, the neat talents that he unlocks within you, Emily. <laughs> I know, like, I know. Like, come up, pardon me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's. I think it's a really nice motif that repeats throughout both the teaser and this trailer. It's a, it's a. I mean, it's a beautiful color, mm. and also because we have the sort of snapshots after black and white cinematography, mm. that contrast really, really stands out. Yeah, I mean, this might be a bit of a theory, is in a sense. I'm sorry, I am jumping a little bit ahead, but I feel like. The 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 because I've obviously seen there's clips of it in being black and white, so I'm wondering whether like the early side the side of where it's in color is obviously when the um, Oppenheimer is creating and theorizing and making it reality the atomic bomb, and then the black and white scenes are afterwards. So we're gonna get probably the the best definition of color for the big screen um, of of its creation and it's and like I said before the the spectacle and wonder of creating something that is that powerful and being Mm. in the center of that um chaos and and 
at times beauty, but at the same time, very destructive. And then the sort of the black and white scenes are probably gonna be the aftermath of, you know, what is those consequences that, that uh, Oppenheimer has to wrestle with knowing that, like I said before, it's destroyed so many people. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I feel the same way, but I didn't always think that way. Like mm. when we discussed the teaser, with, uh, which I had Nicola on for, we sort of thought that maybe the black and white scenes are before the atomic bomb was created and the explosion and then afterwards it's in colour and it's because the world's forever changed, use a tagline. Yeah. But I think you're right because so much of this trailer is in colour. I think you're right that we'll have colour throughout until that mo- that pivotal moment of a yeah, the black and white reflects the sort of emptiness of the world and mm. the destruction now that this bomb is there. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me in the classic Nolan fashion that we will intercut between both worlds and yeah. you know because he loves time um and man he loves messing with time he loves it <laughs> the man is all about time um and i think you know i have to give um because of the cinematography we have to give the shout out to hoyt because we love hoyt we love hoyt um his cinematography he's obviously been with nolan since the interstellar dunkirk as well and now and now the tenant and this and now this so it's like I love that he's he's got this familiar relationship and knows what's the next level of creation of that. And as we as we both sort of said, um, the fact that Christopher Nolan created a whole nuclear bomb without visual <laughs> effects. I mean, I think you're seeing every penny on the screen in that trailer. So, <laughs> yeah, my friends have a theory that if Christopher Nolan ever made a film with Tom Cruise, like they both are gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> We need because to keep they, we need to keep them separated at yeah, all costs. Exactly. And they both are fans of each other because obviously there's that infamous meme of Tom Cruise. Was it was it yeah. back to the movies? Yeah, he, back to out the of movies. him outside the BFI IMAX. And I was like there the day before Tom Cruise was there. I was so <laughs> seeing a tenant myself. Yeah, I was so annoyed. I missed Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was. I think I was there. When did he go? Must have gone like on a. He must have gone on a Friday because I was. It was literally the day after, and I was. I was there, and I was like, and I sat in my seat, and I was like, oh, you know what? I know where Tom Cruise was sat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he did a little video because yeah. he's so cute. Because um, Tom Cruise is like obviously so dedicated to my Chris Nolan, and they both do everything for real. Like they will, yeah, they can't be allowed to make a film together. Even though that'd be also obviously awesome. They can't because they would destroy the world. But um, if my death is because of Christopher, I don't mind. Can't lie, Kalechi. <laughs> that's <laughs> a what, that's one way of a, to go out of this world. <laughs> yeah. Died from Christopher Nolan. Too much awesomeness on the screen. <laughs> Too much awesomeness. Uh, one thing that is a recurring, most, not motif, but recurring image, is, shall we say, is Killian Murphy. I'm so glad that he's got a big screen lead role. Like, he's worked with Christopher Nolan for years like mm-hmm. he has collaborated with that man so much and he's finally got a lead role and this trailer really shows you that it's his show mm-hmm. it's his show and there's like some really nice shots like especially early on of his eyes and mm-hmm. it's just his eyes and the pain that's in his eyes alone is so it's so harrowing honestly yeah i mean first of all killian it's like the do like I love I've been a fan of his work since you know since forever and the fact that he's that this is basically his leading role in a Christopher Nolan film I'm very very happy and excited uh, you know I'm really excited to see what he brings um to the role of Oppenheimer uh, and to tell a, 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 an important story um 
but I, I think, as you said, is is absolutely right. Like the, it's through the eyes. Um, I know a, a lot of Christopher Nolan memes will, you know, like someone like like Tom Hardy, and it's like, oh, he's in the mask, and is. But a lot of the work that do come out through a lot of the actors um, is through those eyes, and and we're seeing the, you know, in the in this from these brief segments is like this emotional toll of, like I said before, creating something that is that powerful, and then wrestling with what is the that aftermath and how do you come to terms with something that the world doesn't understand until they've actually seen it so the sort of the juxtapose between this fiery ball of spectacle and then it's cutting between killian murphy and his um his reaction to it and his worries his you know you can see it in his face is the worries yeah. the stress the you know do i know what i'm doing do it you know is this going this is something that's going to change the world he i think he understands that and you see it rested on his shoulder the burden rested on his shoulder and i think that's it's it's classic um classic storytelling yeah he's he's such like you can see how troubled his mind is mm. through like his face alone mm. and i think you're right i think the focus on the eyes in the trailer tells you that this is this is a film and story that's told through his eyes mm. yeah, it's through his eyes it's through his like skin like his emotions and i think it's interesting because i think we don't really see much of his like performance obviously in the trailer because you don't want to you don't want to tease that mm. but i don't think it's going to be a big performance if that makes sense i think mm. it's gonna be really emotional effective yeah. but in a quiet intimate way yeah which is what i like it's not gonna be shouty or like gunning for that oscar we know the kind of performances <laughs> looking at you rami malik in bohemian rhapsody <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know what i mean it's like and yeah. i i think i prefer that when it's not sort of oscar bait and it's just sort of honest i think yeah. is the word Jeez. i mean i don't i don't think nolan has ever done an oscar bait type of film i think he's done no, it he as hasn't. he hasn't done that and he's done something that is very true to the performance and i think i do agree i think there is going to be something that is going to be very quiet and i think it's going to be requiring um, the audience to be patient um and then also um see the scale of where killian murphy's performance is going to be directed because i like i said i don't think it's going to be shouty but i think a lot of it is going to be worn on his face and maybe through maybe certain other characters but i think it will literally be him giving probably all of the emotion because of what the what his weight of the story is going to tell and then maybe all the other characters around him like the scientists um even the you know um like matt damon's character dr sorry leslie gross jr all these characters yeah. are probably going to be a bit more formulaic you know straight to the point this is what we're doing with the manhattan project this is what we're doing with the trinity test and you know and he and killian's got the big responsibility of kind of tying all the science, the emotion, and the emotional weight all in one film. Yeah. yeah I'm really, yeah, I'm really excited to see what Killian develops here. Um, about time, he's got a big screen lead role. It's about time. And I think the voiceover slash narration is really effective too. Mm. Sort of what you said earlier about, I think when the line is, you know, they won't fear it until they understand it, and they won't understand it until they've used it. It really shows you that this project the, you know it was the nuclear project it was one of excitement and they only learned about the dangers of it like the wider world afterwards which is so scary like it is really quite scary this is why we need barbie after to like <laughs> be a palate cleanser like oh my god <laughs> I need to remind myself that the world can be fun <laughs> like... yeah because i think i think that voiceover that runs actually sort of throughout the trailer is what sort of it's like the foreshadowing mm. if you get me I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
I, I think also because it's interesting to see this film, as like I said before, as a bookend to Tenant because Tenant is literally about, you know, who controls the future, who has the power to control the future. And obviously the protagonist goes on the epic journey to, you know, um, to go backwards in, you know, inverse, <laughs> inverse. Yeah. I was going to say time machine, but it's not. It's, it's inverse through through the, the, the scenarios. And there is a, you know, I do, I kind of sort of picked this up right at the beginning and kind of sensed that it could, this element could have been um, Nolan's next film. And there's this really great shot of John, um, John David Washington, where he's literally playing around with um, the cogs and the, uh, like some of the machinery yeah. in the drawers. And it really instantly picked up in my mind um, an instance of a, a comic panel in Watchmen which has Dr. Manhattan and it's the whole idea of the Manhattan project and how mm. uh, Dr. Manhattan was created through atomic en- through atomic energy and that whole dilemma of here is somebody who's the almost powerful man in the world but also disconnected from the power- from um the world and sees the world differently from everyone else and also has the sort of recollect you know the difference of how you understand the world when you're that powerful yeah, yeah. so the fact that we're now going into oppenheimer which is very much another story about power and who controls that power and who and what is those devastations of the power you're literally talking to the real life person who literally created that and that is the manhattan project and the trinity test and this is why when people are like oh it'll be a straightforward biopic it's like do you not know christopher nolan guys like christopher not, nolan not... does not do normal biopics like he, this this would <laughs> no. be like his what his second historical film and you know like after dunkirk under yeah. dunkirk yeah so it's kind of like seeing the evolution between that i think it'd be diff- slightly different um, I think it'd be different. I think mm. it'd be different, but I don't think it will be too dissimilar from what we've seen before in terms of Nolan's trademarks and and isms. And it's going to still play around with time. And I think he's still going to yeah. deliver an absolute amazing movie that I can't wait to see. Yeah, and as you say, like the themes, it's consistent throughout his filmography. Mm. And one thing I have written, which is a bit embarrassing, is I wrote nice sciencey shots because I don't know about how bombs <laughs> are made, Galecci. Neither do I. I, <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I don't have a science. I mean, I wouldn't surprise me if he consulted. Sorry, the name escapes me, but it wouldn't surprise me if he consulted the same guy he did with the black holes on Interstellar and even Tenet. Yeah, so yeah. I can imagine he's gone back to that theoretical science. To kind it's of all like, real. Yeah, to mm. make sure that it's grounded and it's all real. And that in itself is exciting. Like, I mean, just to kind of jump, a, just to jump ahead, Christopher Nolan, for me, seeing what he's doing with filmmaking and then also advancing IMAX cameras um, and then also, you know, telling these big, massive spectacles of a film and then still trying to tell that and encompass that into a grounded film, like, that is quite exciting to see that from a filmmaker knowing that they can go and or basically have that power to go and yeah. tell that type of film, you know, because I know it's not always um, aligned with every other director and so forth. And we, nah, that's a nah. whole, whole other podcast we can talk <laughs> about. But I think with what he's bringing to the table in terms of like, you know, directing and and how he's trying to, to, to tell these stories in these big, like the reason why I go to the film cinema is because to see, you know, magic on the screen and 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 see these these amazing, immense and intense experiences and yeah Nolan's definitely one of those ones who does that for me every single time and I think you picked up on something there because we know that he's dedicated to sort of authenticity of it like there's something really scary about seeing the bombs we put together because you know that that's probably what it happened and what yeah. it looked like and it, I don't know, it just always it hits harder when it feels 
real if yeah. that makes sense and um it is really like it is really scary and what you were saying was true as well by the way that he sort of pushes technology in terms of IMAX because I think that he worked with IMAX to ensure that this was the first time they had black and white analog photography used mm. you know shot through IMAX cameras which is why the black and white looks amazing so it's so, so stunning crisp. yeah it yeah, so it's crisp. like crisp. That's exactly the word. Mm. And like the shots of just Clear Murphy sort of walking through that crowd. I think it's mm. like the paparazzi with his hat because obviously <laughs> the Oppenheimer mm-hmm. hat has to be there. There's something, I don't know, it's just, it just immediately sparks the imagination and also catches catches your attention. Absolutely. And that's that's the that's the magic of Nolan. And I think that's, it's nice to see a director just basically pushing the envelope on what cinema can be and what it can achieve. And I think why I also personally love Nolan is the fact that he always tries to sort of does his films and he kind of tells the audience, meet me halfway. Like, I'm not going to spoon feed you these answers. I'm not going to, you're yeah. going to work it out what I'm trying to do with these films. And, you know, that all pattern. Yeah, I, I agree and disagree because I think you can watch like a Nolan film without like thinking at all like because mm-hmm. it is blockbuster entertainment but I think you're right as well but if you do want to dive deeper he does present the opportunity to do so there's like clues you can pick up on and you can figure out and there's like metaphors and all that but I do think you can also just watch it like drunk one night uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. like I'm just gonna throw, I'm just, just gonna throw on Inception and you know just drink some I some, don't do that no? <laughs> The thought of watching Tenet on a plane, I'm like, ugh. <laughs> Not on the smallest screen possible. That's that's the way he intended it. <laughs> like, I know. Um, one thing that I also really liked about the trailer is we have the snippets of the fire, but also some sort of like, elect- I think it's like, is it electricity spark? Or I just, like a sparkles, if yeah. you know what I mean, which we didn't have in the teaser trailer. It just cut through fire. But here we get some sort of, I'm going to guess it's like the mm. reaction, right? I think so as well. I mean, like, like anything it is it's a, like a chemical it's it's you know electrical it's everything that that's going on. and i think we're going to see very detailed and methodical how you actually witness or see an atomic explosion so i you know i i'm not a nuclear scientist i'm not that you know i'm not that taking Wait, you're not a nuclear scientist i know I, I, I know <laughs> i i i it skipped a generation I, I you know i didn't i didn't attend those classes and that ended up being a freelance film critic what, 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 what can i what can i say um <laughs> but i feel like we're like nolan would do is just basically give us the full intricacy of how yeah. that works how it you know how it starts up how it and i wouldn't surprise me like the how he loves messing around with time and you know i'm there thinking about inception and like how like okay the the van's got off the bridge and then it's like oh but there's this whole other movie now because like the the, the, the (laughs) van now has to hit the has to hit the water and stuff like that it would not surprise me if he uses the same kind of similar techniques Mm. where like you've got the electrical spark you know between whatever like from the the i don't know the detonator plunger going down and then the spark traveling across and then over the time of the movie we see it getting closer and closer until probably the halfway point where it just like you know and see the whole thing in 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 full realization yeah and i think there was something tied between like body and the electricity as well like there's a shot in the trailer which is fire but it looks like an eye opening mm. i don't know if yeah. you caught that so i'm thinking there'll be some sort of like visual comparison yeah. of like what's going on with the human body compared to what's going on with the the fire and the nuclear explosion and we don't see the 
V titular explosion, shall we say? Like we don't see V explosion, we just see like little explosions <laughs> from afar, <laughs> which give you a glimpse that the big explosion, that the Trinity test that we've been that's hit the headlines a lot. Um, there are those. Have you seen the fake AI images of? Go- I'm gonna have to send them to you if not. But it's like images created that people are like, this is behind the scenes in Oppenheimer, but it's actually just created by AI. It's these insane cameras like shooting the mushroom cloud, and it's like, guys, that's so fake, but also kind of looks a bit real <laughs> <laughs> because of how mad the idea is that he'd like recreate a nuclear explosion. But um, yeah, I think it's interesting that we don't see. Like, not even a snippet off the main event, but we definitely get a lot of build-up. Like, I feel like as the trailer, after you hit the halfway point, you really get the build-up and off the tension. Like, you know what's going to happen. Yeah. And, that you know, there's that big red button tease at the end. He's got his little hand hovering over yeah. it. He's gonna, is he going to push yeah. it? It's that meme, isn't it? <laughs> my, life, my life choices. Do I see Barbie or Oppenheimer? Oh, my God, I'm sweating. <laughs> like, like, just both. Just, both. Just, put, just press them both and just cause an, a cinematic explosion. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's also with you and how you felt, but the choice of music throughout the trailer the music's really it's good. very very good but also in the same way like this is something so destructive and yet it feels very interstellar hopeful type of kind of music which yeah kind of feels like i didn't know how necessary to feel knowing that knowing the, the the brief history i know about oppenheimer and what and what the atomic bombs did um it feels like it feels like a weird juxtapose that's what i was, I was trying to say yeah at, at the end it gets more threatening as we really because i think you have all those sort of quick shots which is the build-up off the test i really like it when he puts the goggles on it looks quite steampunk to me so um but i think you're right about the music's and in, it's an interesting choice um who yeah it, it's not zimmer is no it? Zim, Zim, zimmer's on dune too he's ludwig goranson oh my god my boy Ludwig who my favourite thing about Ludwig Granson by the way is that I uh New Girl is my favourite TV show and like I rewatched it during the pandemic uh, I have to admit I rewatched New Girl a lot but I never really pay attention to credits and he composed the New Girl theme no way he no did way. he is the original composer on New Girl so he composed a theme and he, with Zoe Deschanel writing the lyrics and singing and the music and I'm like my boy Ludwig he that man <laughs> Who has the greatest hair in the music industry as well? Yeah, like me thinking he he was just all about Creed and that and that and that was the first time I heard, not knowing he was there before. Yeah, <sighs> New Girl. That's wow. like one of his really early, early projects. It's um, like me finding out about Hans Zimmer doing um, "Going for Gold." The old, oh my god, I didn't know he, that. He did that. He did. He composed the theme for that. My favorite thing about Hans Zimmer is that he did the "To Dum" on Netflix. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah, I did. <laughs> Every time you hear it, yeah, that is Hans. I'm seeing Hans in live next year. Oh, you come? Yes, I'm there as well. You're there as well. I'm I'll there. be in Manchester though. Ah, but we can we can still discuss. It. I'm like play <laughs> Dark Knight, <theme. laughs> <laughs> anything Nolan, but mostly the Dark Knight. Theme. Yeah, but um, then the music's interesting. I think I actually haven't thought of it about being hopeful, you know, until you said it. But I totally get what you mean. That it's sort of yeah, it's I- not like. Serious or harrowing, is it? Yeah, I mean, let me let me clarify. It, hopeful in a sense because I think it's it's sparking off Interstellar, which is like this. Um, for me, one of one of my underrated and my one of my favorite um, Christopher Nolan films, and it's the sense of wonder. And I feel like there's that there's there's an element of hope that comes out of wonder. 
of what is that chapter, what is that brave step that you're trying to take. And I kind of see those echoes um, in the Oppenheimer trailer where it's like I'm creating, you know, the scientist is basically creating something that is fundamentally going to change the world. And there is something, you know, and I guess like anything in this world, when you're uh, uh, been assigned to do something, when you're, cha- when you're, you're yeah. creating something, there's something exciting about that. There's something quite, you know, instrumental to that belief and, and understanding that there's something magical about it. But at the same time, it's like, what is that? What is the sort of consequences of that? If there, if there, if there is in, in this particular case, it's the, it's the that damn atomic bomb. So <laughs> you know, so let, so there's. I think the the score for the trailer kind of plays with that kind of familiarity mm. of the hope of of here is something you know as the you know as the film is building up the man who changed the world. Um, yeah. Um, and the the kind of like here is someone who set a, you know that define the rest of history um, and how we look at nuclear and uh, nuclear use in, 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 in our, in our weapons and, and so forth. But I think it, like you said, you know, it does kind of transcend very into kind of like very intimidating, very kind of intense to, to intense kind of, and I can only imagine what that sounded like in a, in, in the IMAX theater, knowing that you've got the Dolby Atmos type, you know, 10 speakers <laughs> around and feeling every kind of rumble that, that is there. So I can feel that we're going to get the mixture of the two. So I feel like, yes, there's a bit of hope and wonder, but also like, okay, what is, there's going to be that sense of feeling of, okay, we have to wrestle with this aftermath that this, this thing is going to bring. Yeah, exactly. And I think you mentioned Interstellar there. Uh, we haven't spoken about supporting cast at all, mainly because this trailer is focused on Killian Murphy mm-hmm. as Oppenheimer. But we know that Matt Damon, who pops up in Interstellar, I remember when he popped up in Interstellar, I was like, wait, is that, is that, Matt? Is that Matt Damon? That's, that's Matt Damon. I'm, I remember Goss in my cinema. I was like, hold on a sec. <laughs> No, like that's no. that the whole cinema. And he's like a proper wanker as well. <laughs> in it as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. But he's like the nicest I, man in real life. I, I think Nolan did a very good job in, in that respect because he knows that, yeah. um, that Matt Damon can play the sort of comedic kind of, but yeah, it ends up being a complete yeah. dipshit. Like, dipshit. <laughs> I have a feeling that the two, I think the two are friends and that Matt Damon was like, yeah, sure, I'll come here and interstellar. And I think it's nice that he's got like a, not a proper i say proper role but you know what i mean like a uh like a role that's actually in the villain yeah. <laughs> in Oppenheimer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but we don't really see much of the supporting cast we get a a brief glimpse of jack quaid mm. in some nice braces i quite like jack quaid i'm a big boys fan so i'm really excited to see jack quaid in this and also josh peck i think he has a nice coat he's in the rain at <laughs> mm. some point mm. but we don't see anything really of emily blunt who plays oppenheimer's wife we don't really see any much of robert down jr like no. it's, it's all about killian murphy which I, I actually quite like like i have a feeling that it's going to be his show and the supporting cast who are like it's so impressive the supporting cast um i think they they you know they all deliver great performances but this is really killing murphy's show and um but yeah i'm really excited to see like robert downey jr like i mean it's about time his post mcu career uh because the last project mate was do little so yeah, we should we should never speak of that film i'll tell you that now <laughs> no. but yeah it you know it you know 
Robert is a, is, is another another good actor, and yeah, to see him out of the the shell, the Iron Man shell, and seeing him mm. in in these different roles, which he's 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 always done this, you know, is you know, he's I think he's always been great. He's always yeah. been great, and I think it, it you know, I hope it, you know, I don't, I know a lot of people were like, oh, but that's you know, hey, that's Iron Man, but I hope that they take that energy and bring that into Oppenheimer and see that you know, there's a lot more that he gives. Um, in his roles, and I'm I'm excited to see what he does with um, in this, and you know, and I also just you know, off topic, just kind of like increase my excitement if he ever does Sherlock Holmes three because I want to see that. You know, my cat's called Holmes. You know, you're talking to fellow Sherlock Holmes fans, so uh, and I'm still waiting, Chris Nolan, on my my glimpse of my girl Florence Pugh. Yes, uh, please, Flo, my yes. Queen Flo, Miss Flo, Miss where Flo. is she? <laughs> Where is she? Um, because I am obsessed with Florence Pugh. And because, yeah. you know, like, this is the thing. It's like so many exciting actors want to work with Christopher Nolan because he is one of those. He just is one of those filmmakers, which is why I'm like, one day he will watch Tom Cruise and it will be the end of the world <laughs> as we know it. <laughs> uh, I'm, well, hopefully that doesn't happen. So like, um, you know, but, um, but in terms of uh, Florence Pugh, I am just uh, like you. I am a fan of her work. I, you know. I mean, even like something in Don't Worry Darling where it is not necessarily the greatest film, but in the yeah, same but way, she's great. she carries that film to a plum. Like it's not, it's incredible what um, of an actress she is. And I, I kind of like that, you know, it, like in classic Nolan f- fashion or just even just classic movie fashion, if I'm being honest, <laughs> we, we don't get all our surprises all in one go. I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing where she's going to pop in and like how she's, how she's going to be utilized. Hopefully she's getting more than five minutes of screen time because I've seen the cast <laughs> list and it's like, in, you know, incredible. It's insane. It's insane the amount of people that are working on this film. And so I'm hoping she gets a good, decent screen time um, and seeing where, how she interacts in the whole entire film. Yeah, because it's like, I think Rami Malek, David L. Smashian's in it. Yeah. Like, my thing is as well, I'm trying not to read too much about who everyone's playing. Yeah. Because I don't want to be like you, like, I don't want to spoil it for myself. It's also why I'm not reading the book. <laughs> because also, because the last time I read a book before a film came out, I was very disappointed because I read the book Rebecca before the Ben Wheatley film came out and the film was trash. <laughs> I ruined the book. So I can't do that to myself again, Kalechi. <laughs> so this is why it. you need to read the book after the film is done so you, you yeah. have no expectations yeah. maybe i'll read a, i guess american prometheus is gonna be quite technical and sciencey and i'm not i uh, lasted a week on a level physics uh and quit and just spanish instead because i'm not a science mind they'll, they'll, um, they'll yeah. forgive us don't worry they will forgive us so maybe maybe i'll read the book after i've seen the film because i don't want i said i don't want to obviously i'm doing this podcast so i'm like i have to obviously research either the trailer etc mm-hmm. so i think you're right i think it will give us some surprises but are you impressed with the trailer like what yeah your summarize your thoughts Kalechi my thoughts in thespian ways um (laughs) (laughs) I I, it's for me it's probably one of Nolan's most intense trailers I think that the last time I kind of felt that way um was probably watching like Inception and but definitely Dunkirk um yeah one of yeah I think it's like the the main trailer which I think is probably one of my favorite trailers ever um so i love that the this film this trailer sorry um takes elements of those those things that we know is trademark nolan but at the same time oh this is a little bit different there's a little bit Mm. um more to this and i think like like anything is it, it it's it builds the hype it builds the tension and and 
you know, I like that Nolan seems to release the, you know, whether it's an IMAX or tr or even IMAX trailer or is this or this online trailer, and it's always at Christmas because it means there's something to look. <laughs> so it means that once we get over the you no know, the Christmas holidays and so forth, we now know like we're into the full year of of mm. of anticipating that next um, Nolan film, which you know he's at this point, you know, one of the most elite directors that's out there, and show and he's you know the proofs in the pudding the films have made money they've generated the success i think it'll be interesting to see this um under universal because obviously this is the first film that he's making under the um under the r.i.p warner brothers r.i.p uh, warner yeah. brothers you know that you know that trash of a studio right now so they, like, yeah, yeah yeah they haven't had a good yeah they probably actually needed a christopher Nolan project they probably, you know? do, they probably do <laughs> but you know the ship has sailed so it'd be great to see where that relationship takes him creativity because it's going to be it's a different flavor so to speak and yeah, you know, and, yeah. It's different you studio know, like... it's a different studio and it's a different kind of working relationship and i think universal as a whole um just to kind of branch this out you know have been acquiring you know filmmakers like people mm. who can tell stories you know like obviously jordan peele's a long-term worker nope. you know, oh my god but nope, is one of, nope is one yeah. of my favorite films of the year um daniels um everything everywhere all at once they're now um secured a deal with universal so i think it's going to be 2023 beyond is going to be very interesting in terms of the like the filmmaker driven type of films and yeah. seeing where that go kind of goes. And I think Nolan has kind of positioned himself to be that, um, you know, along with all the other filmmakers to be that kind of driving force. But in terms of going yeah. back to the trailer and so forth, I, like I said, it builds the hype and the anticipation and, you know, like, you know. Two tickets for Oppenheimer and two tickets for Barbie. Let's go. Let's roll. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Let's go, girls. <laughs> Barbie. So, um, but I think you're right. So next year, next year is a really big one for filmmakers because mm. we've not had the Steven Spielberg film yet in, here in the UK, The Fablemans, that comes out in January. Yeah, January, yeah. And we've got David Chazelle's next project in January because the UK is always behind. <sighs> Which is a whole other conversation, which you yeah. don't want us to get into. No. I've ever got Greta Gerwig, his project's obviously out on the same day, but Denis Villeneuve, yep. with June part two. Can't <laughs> wait. But um, more of it, this trailer surprised me because I felt that, like, it was an unconventional way of doing it. Like, we don't have, like, a ticking clock countdown. There is mm. a countdown, yeah. in a sense, because of the way the tension builds. You have that through Murphy's performance, and they build up a shot, some like, yeah, and then the big red button and the music, but you don't need like a ticking clock. You don't need a countdown. I, I think they maybe could have made it more obvious, shall we say. Could have. I think you're right that as well, it's like epic in tone, but to me, it's like a lot more. It's epic in tone, but also very intimate. This is very much about one man and his creation and how that man's decisions impacted the world and we are clearly just going to see it through his eyes and he's going through emotional duress and i think the tone will be quite serious this is why we need barbie after we need that pink glitter <laughs> to relieve distress because yeah. i feel like i like i don't do i how many times this known causes have an existential crisis probably quite a lot actually <laughs> <laughs> it's, either, it's, this... either, it's either a fear of his wife dying or or some existential crisis and they all go <laughs> sort of weld into a film but you know <laughs> yeah this is my this is my main thing right about people when they're like Christopher Nolan is not very emotional he's not an emotional filmmaker I weep at his films like I like in, like Interstellar in particular like absolutely destroys me and I think this film will be really emotional as well in the sense of just like this is it's horrific really mm. like what happened it's horrific and like if you know like I know a bit about Oppenheimer but even I know like the trauma he went through mm -hmm. um 
to use Jamie Lee Curtis's, you know, favorite Tra- word. Trauma. <laughs> Trauma. Trauma. <laughs> why is she not? She feels like someone who was, should have been worded by no, with no one in, by now, by the way. Um, Halloween's yeah. over. Come yeah. on, Jamie. Come on. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the tone's really interesting. I think it is an unconventional trailer for, like, it, they could have made it a bit more conventional. And mm. I'm really glad because I don't think Nolan trailers are ever, like, very conventional I think because he's not a conventional filmmaker and you're right that it is a different studio so I think things will be done a bit differently but I'm glad that the marketers stay the same like we have the IMAX exclusivity yeah we have sort of the weird trailers like yeah it's same but different yeah I mean I mean to kind of jump off what you were saying like like the difference different tone and, and, and so forth you know I think it's it's emblematic of what he what he is and what he does as a as a director. He just kind of teases this along, and he's in himself. He's his own hype machine, so yeah. he can do whatever he wants. And then obviously, whatever that's that contract he's signed with Universal, where he can like, oh, okay, my my film can be in in cinemas for this amount of period of time. That's the the sort of power that he's he's created with himself yeah. as a, as a director. So. You know, like I said, it, you know, does that impact on me in terms of like me enjoying a Christopher Nolan film? No, but I'm always interesting to see where that direction and tone kind of goes from. And I 100% agree. I don't necessarily think most Christopher Nolan films are emotionless because like when I every time I watch Dunkirk and when is when it's um, yeah. uh, Kenneth Branagh and he talks about you know, oh, you go, are you going? That, yeah, yeah, it's hope, but it's like the, it's another one. It's like no, I'm staying for the French. I'm like I'm bawling my eyes yeah. out. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I, you know, I feel like. I mean, I think it's just, you know, normal sort of, you know, fandom discourse, you know. I think, like, sometimes when it comes to, like, popular directors, they always find something to kind of comment on. And, and, and you know, I'm for me, I'm always about... I'm actually enjoying what I like from from the directors, and I'm just I would rather spend time talking about the things that I love rather than like, well, you know, he's not this and he's not that. Like, who has energy and time for that? You know, just just no, enjoy I, I enjoy the things that you love and just and wear it with your on your heart and in your sleeve. I think when Nolan like struck his new deal with Universal, and obviously he had all those sort of reg- like rules and regulations. A lot of you that got a lot of criticism like why does this man need like 90 days was it 90 days exclusivity or something and it's like he's earned that right like they wouldn't be giving him that deal if they don't think he's worth it exactly and i think a lot i think well it's what i sort of speak about in this podcast a lot i think nolan sort of makes blockbuster cinema for everyone and like you have like not blockbuster cinema art house blockbuster cinema for everyone because you know his films are accessible and i think you're right but like, this film will bring in a lot of, like, the young Florence Pugh fans, like, the boys fans might see it, because it, like, you, like, it's quite, it feels, it won't be straightforward, but it's like, oh, it's just a film biopic about Oppenheimer. You know, like, it feels accessible. And not not a lot of art house style movies are like that, really. No, and I, I love that he's still, in that sense, kind of keeps the indie roots, whilst his films just seem yeah. to get gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And maybe this might be his most biggest film, but at the same time, I do feel like it's going to be actually reduced and we might see much. I think it might be more of an intimate skill whilst contrasting with the power of, you know, the spectacle, basically. Um, But, you know, but going back to the trailer, I mean, the trailer does end on the sound of the Geiger counter. So I don't know whether he's upgraded the 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 ticking clock to the the Geiger counter. Maybe that becomes much more of a... um, an influence in the sound and and you know i'd be excited to see hear what uh, ludwig does if, you know if he incorporates that or even just yeah. like how just how it's just kind of used because obviously that's quite 
terrifying in terms of when is yeah when it's announced with when the sound's playing and it's releasing the release date as well yeah a bit like how the watch plays a part in the soundtrack of dunkirk which yeah. was Zimmer, wasn't it um, yeah yeah i think the thing that strikes me about this trailer as well is that when you think of like well when i think of previous nolan works like it's a lot more about two people or family is like it's like it's about a family the prestige is about mm. two men uh, the Batman films, obviously, it's Bruce Wayne, but you know, it's about that whole someone like Bruce Wayne and Joker. Mm. Whereas this feels very much about just one person. It is Oppenheimer. Like, it's just about this one guy, which I think is interesting because normally it's about, normally his films are more of like an ensemble. Mm. Like, Tenet was obviously the protagonist, but also we had Robert Patterson. <laughs> Lovely Robert Patterson. Like, it was very much about their relationship. Mm. That's sort of what stands out to me, I think, from the mm. trailer. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, yeah, I mean, there's no reason why it doesn't return to that because um, obviously building something like that is a team effort. So we may yeah. see, you may see the um, the dynamics of how Oppenheimer, um, you know, interacted with fellow scientists, fellow theorists, um, government officials, because obviously that's, you know, how it entailed with the Manhattan Project. And then the, obviously the looming danger of World War Two and that America actually entering themselves into it and then saying to themselves we need to create a weapon to basically end of all end of the all wars um so we may see that in 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 essence but as i think you're right i think it is going to be a killian murphy driven show um but it's kind of like how do we how does it balance out so that it doesn't feel like it's always one-sided if that makes sense and then and then like everyone else is like is not there for just like five minutes of screen time which i don't believe that's going to happen but i think we're going to see a lot of the dynamics and the play in uh, in between all of that yeah again it's a to go back to the trailer it's a great trailer because it teases what's to come that's what mm. i like i don't want a trailer that tells me everything exactly. that's going to happen um it's a good tease um yeah. so i suppose to summarize are you excited for oppenheimer Kletchi? I mean, we just did it like an hour of course i'm excited exactly. <laughs> no. <laughs> no you know what I'm, Not I'm, me. I, I'm, I'm gonna see the barbie movie instead forget that <laughs> no i am really excited i mean i'm always excited for the next christopher nolan film and i'm always excited to see what he comes up with next how he uses technology to advance his film but also how he uses that to weave in you know a very um you know it's in his terms an important story that needs to be told so i you know i'm more and i'm always and when you get a filmmaker that does that and makes and makes you feel um that kind of sort of excitement and joy then you know anything that they do is is you know i'm always going to be a big fan of so i'm really excited and to see what what that shows and yeah as soon as soon as well, as soon as we hear the press screening is, is up and running we better be in the imax <laughs> we're, we're there emily and um yeah we are we, there. and we'll and we'll definitely book in opening weekend tickets for the oppenheimer barbie yeah they they only show tenet and the bfi imax for press screeners because i imagine it'll be the the same here so yeah. we'll see you there we'll, we'll see um, you. Where can we see more of your work? Where can you follow on social media? Where can I stalk you? That's what WhatsApp what, wasn't enough, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter um, for as long as it lasts <laughs> on, at, at Katie Henulo. And if you love the Instagram, um, you can find me at Special K Writes. And I'll be tagging you from the Twitter so people can follow you. And hopefully it will be RRP Twitter. I mean, I'm going to get this podcast out before Christmas, hopefully. It's a little Christmas treat. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, so hopefully Twitter won't have died. We don't know. Every every day is like a new thing on Twitter. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to switch the hive soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me uh, to talk about Oppenheimer. I had a really good time. Thank you. I, I had a fantastic time. When the film comes out, I'll be back here. You just say the word like a bat signal in the sky. I'm there, Emily. I will shine uh, a nuclear mushroom cloud signal. <laughs> I won't let off a bomb. <laughs> I'll just a mushroom. They'll just send you a mushroom in a post. <laughs> That's ours win. It's a weird segue to Mario, but we'll, we'll take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll figure it out. Well, thank <laughs> you so much, Kalechi. Thank you so much for having me. That was me and film TV journalist Kalechi Hanalo discussing the first full length trailer for Chris Vanilla's next feature, Oppenheimer. Don't forget to subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at NolanMeNolanYou and get in touch too with your thoughts on the podcast and trailer. See you next time.